It's always a joy to uh, come to Plymouth, uh, not just to play golf with David, but just to meet old faces and friends. Praise God. God is so good. And what a nice sense of the presence of God today. Just in the children's story and as we broke bread, sometimes we're always in a rush. Always wanting to do something. What's the next thing? It's nice just to pause. Stop. God, what do you want us to do? And it's great to see the church so full. Praise God. After all the lockdowns and regulations, nice to get back in person. I know some of you watching online, but there's nothing like coming out in person. It's nothing just, just to feel the presence of God. I don't know if I ever told you the little story about the boy called Leroy. If I have, please uh, forgive me. Sometimes when you go visiting, you think, what did I preach on the last time I came to Plymouth? And uh, this week I had to look at your website and see exactly what I preached on and to see what kind of story I told at the beginning. But this story just falls in line with with what I'm going to say. It's about the story of a little boy called Leroy who came to his parents and wanted a bicycle. And his parents said, Leroy, it's not your birthday and it's not Christmas and you haven't been such a good boy. You should go and ask Jesus for one. So he writes a letter, Dear Jesus, I've been a good boy this year. Could I have a bicycle, please? Your friend, Leroy. Well, he knew that wasn't true, so he tore up the letter, put it in the bin, and tries again. Dear Jesus, I've been an okay boy this year. Could I have a bicycle, please? Leroy. And again, he knew that wasn't true, so he tore up the letter, put it in the bin, and he went wandering out into his community. Found a church. It happened to be a Catholic church. He went inside. He didn't know what to do. Spent a few minutes there, and on his way out, he, he grabbed a little statue and ran home. Put it underneath his bed and wrote this note. Jesus. I've got your mum. <laughs> if you ever want to see her again, <laughs> give me a bike. You know, we might laugh at that story, but you know what I have discovered? So, sometimes as Christians, we think we can manipulate God. We think all we have to do is say the right things, declare the right things, and we will get what we want. It's like, my name is Jimmy. Give me, give me, give me. And we come with this attitude that God is some kind of, of vending machine. All I have to do is say the right things, pray the right way, put in the right coinage, put out my hand and receive the blessing. And we think... 
that we too can manipulate God. I want us to come to understand that our God is mighty. Our God is sovereign. Our God is holy. Amen. Our God is love. That's the God we serve. There is no way we can manipulate him in our efforts. Because he is God. He is God. And we come to know something of the character of God through the person of Jesus Christ. God reveals the brightness of his glory in sending his own son. And thank God we've come to know him, whom to know is life. And we've come to know life, amen. Life in Christ. But we also discover something of the character of God through the names of God. He's called Elohim, God of creation, God creator of heaven and earth. He is El Shaddai, God who nourishes, God who, who feeds us. He is Jehovah Rapha, the God who restores, the God who, who heals. He is Jehovah Nessie, God is our banner, amen. He is our strength, we can focus on him today. But this morning I want us to turn our attention to the story of, of Abraham and Isaac. It's a lovely story found in Genesis chapter 22. And we will refer to something of that story. Because here God reveals himself to Abraham as Jehovah Jireh. God who sees and God who provides. And the word Jarrah literally means to see. I love that. God sees. Provision comes from in seeing beforehand. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of people out there today worried about tomorrow. They're worried about the cost of living. They're worried about, can they pay the gas bill and the electric bill? They're worried about, about the fuel and the price of everything going up. I have news for you. God is Jehovah Jireh. Hallelujah. That means he sees before. He knows. Nothing takes God by surprise. Our God is God. And here in Abraham's walk with God, we see that his, his faith is not static. His faith is active. Active. And don't we walk by faith? Don't we live by faith? Don't we, aren't we told to continue in faith? Because faith without works is dead. And God's provision to us comes beforehand. God's, God already knows tomorrow. God knows what's going to happen next year. I don't need to worry. Amen. Because he's God. God sees beforehand. And he provides for us. Before the foundation of the world. God had you in mind. Did you get that? Before the creation of the world and the heavens, God had you in mind. He was already planning your salvation. Why? Because he is Jehovah Jireh. God sees. Therefore, in his love and grace, he provides for us. 
That means nothing takes him by surprise. Not even our, our pain, our suffering, our sin. I love what Paul said in 2 Timothy. There in chapter 1, he said, Him who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. Amen. Listen, not according to our works. You can't manipulate God. You can't think all your church going, all your goodness, all your righteousness, all, everything that you do in life, you can somehow manipulate God to answer your prayer. Not according to our works, but according to what? His own purpose and grace, which he has given to us in Christ. When? Before time began. Hallelujah. Isn't that amazing? Before you were even born, before you were even conceived, before the creation of the world, God had you in mind. So why worry? Why worry? Abraham was being tested in faith. And we find this story in Exodus, oh, sorry, Genesis, get it right. Genesis 22. And Abraham was to take his young boy and he was to sacrifice him. Now remember, Isaac is the son of promise. Son of promise. And Abraham said to the young man who were with him, he said, stay here uh, with the donkey and the lad and I, we are going to go yonder and we're going to worship. Amen. We are going to worship. And listen to what he said, and we will come back to you. Isn't that amazing? Abraham knew even if he were to go through with what God told him to do, God would raise up his boy again. But he said, we will come back. And what a story we have. Because the young lad said, look, Dad, here's the fire and the wood, uh, but where is the burnt? lamb for the offering or where is the lamb for the burnt offering and Abraham said my son listen God will provide uh -huh. underline it if you want mentally take note of it God will provide and I'm going to challenge you today to see if we really trust God in our circumstances of life God will provide. He will provide himself the lamb for the burnt offering. And the two of them went together. And we know this story, don't we? Just as he was about to be tested and he raised up his knife, God intervened. Abraham makes a prophetic statement. We see the lamb prophesied God will provide when we come to Isaiah 53 we see the lamb personified he was led as a lamb to the slaughter and one day as John the Baptist was 
baptizing in the river Jordan. He looked up and he saw Jesus. And what did he say? He said, look, behold the Lamb of God. And we see the Lamb identified. And when we come to the last book of the Bible, we see the Lamb glorified. And weren't we glorifying the Lord today as we were focusing on communion and the breaking of blood and the breaking of bread and, and the blood, weren't we? We were focusing on him who, who made provision for us. And here we read, and John said, I, I look and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice. And we were saying it today in our worship, worthy is the lamb, amen, who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them I heard saying blessing and honor, and glory, and power be to him on who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. The Lamb glorified. And the same mountain in which Abraham was tested is the very site where God's own Son, the Lamb of God, was offered up for our sins. You see, Jesus said, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He saw it and was glad. No wonder Abraham called the place Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. And our understanding and our revelation of God as Jehovah Jireh comes through our understanding of God's purpose and God's grace in our lives. God was testing Abraham, but Abraham knew that God would bring him up again. You see, Isaac was, was born in answer to prayer, in answer to Abraham's faithfulness to God, but now God is placing a test on Abraham, a test of faith. God is asking Abraham to give up the one thing which he holds most dear to his heart. Do you know what Abraham discovered that day? He discovered that God is greater than any sacrifice, even the sacrifice of his son. When Abraham that day, he discovered a new name for God, Jehovah Jireh. And I'm going to ask you this morning, and encourage you, but challenge you. Where do you run to when life becomes messy? When your journey somehow encounters brokenness, it could be sickness, it could be separation, it could be unemployment, but where do you run to when life doesn't work out the way you want? 
somehow your faith is being tested. You're on the brink of failure. The point of doubting God's promise. And I suggest that you learn to run. You learn to run into the name of the Lord your God. Amen. Because the name of God is our strength. And the name of our God is our refuge. Amen. Over several months, we were doing a, a little series on the names of God. And I loved it. I loved it. And this is just one component of, of these names. But learn to run. Understand his names. Understand who God is. God said, I am that I am. He is Yahweh. He is all-sufficient. He is eternal. He is God. You know what the psalmist said? <clears throat> he said, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it, and they are what? They are saved. And here's the picture we have. We have enemies all around us. Enemies trying to steal our joy and our peace and life itself. But the enemies are on the outside. We're on the inside and we're in the tower. And you know what I have discovered? When I run into the tower of the Lord, I am secure and I am safe. Amen. Praise God. And I have discovered the higher I go in the tower, the stronger I become. So when you doubt and when things aren't working out in life, run into the tower of the Lord your God, into his name. Understand his name. Discover what God has said. Discover what he will do. And here's the point I want you to understand this morning. In our understanding of God as Jehovah Jireh, the God who sees and the God who provides, it will liberate us from fear and it will liberate you and I from poverty. Hallelujah. See, what is poverty? Poverty is a fear of not having enough. You could be a billionaire this morning and still have a spirit of poverty because you need more. More to be secure. It's a fear. And so what do we tend to do? It's not just in financial giving, but life. We, we hold back life for ourselves. We are afraid to give out. We are, <coughs> we are afraid to be generous. <coughs> it's not COVID, by the way. It's just a cough. Unfortunately, I have had it for three weeks, <coughs> and I shouldn't get too excited. <coughs> Poverty is the fear of not having enough. So we hold back. We hold back in our lives, in submitting to him. <clears throat> because we are afraid we're going to go without. And unlike Abraham, we do 
not trust him. You see, Abraham trusted God. He trusted that God had a plan for his life and that God work, would work out that plan. And what have we discovered from God's word? God says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. God knows. Why? Because he sees. <clears throat> so here's the challenge. Is God telling you to be obedient in anything? Hmm. Pause there for a moment. Is God telling you? Is the Spirit of God telling you to do something and you're still disobedient? It might be in life and not submitting to Him. Yes, we, we want to commit our life to God. We want to commit, but some of us, just enough to know that we're forgiven, just enough to know that we have eternal life, but not holy, not fully, not enough to be generous, not enough to be gracious, not enough to serve Him. <coughs> Someone said, when we give up ourselves in heart, in mind, and will to God, he becomes ours to possess and to enjoy. <coughs> and when we lose ourselves in him, we find ourselves. Is not what Jesus said? He who keeps his life will lose it. But he who gives his life will find it. Yes, we submit, but how much do we submit? What about in relationship? Is God telling you about a relationship that's not maybe good for you spiritually in your walk with God? And God's telling you to do something about it. And you say, well, how, how, how can I? Do you know that he is Jehovah Jireh? And he will provide. And he will meet all your need. What about in forgiveness? Oh, that's a hard one, Pastor. Really? What about in forgiving the past and letting go of the past and moving forward? Well, you don't know how much they've hurt me. Really? Did we not say that he is Jehovah Jireh? Hmm? that God sees beforehand and God provides, and therefore God will provide the grace that I need to move on. Amen? Amen? It seems impossible, but yet with God, nothing is impossible. <coughs> so do you trust him? Do you trust him as Jehovah Jireh? What about not just in life, what about in financial giving? Where in your life do you need God's provision? Two things I want to highlight just as we try and apply this. God's provision to conquer poverty in our lives. The Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong, and let say I am rich there's a lovely verse in Hebrews we, we often quote it but we don't quote the whole context 
the Lord will never leave me nor forsake me. And we stop there, but we should move on. The Lord will, will never leave me nor forsake me. Therefore, I will say, I will say what? The Lord is my helper. Amen. So whatever I need in life, whether it's financial, whether it's physical, whether it's grace to forgive or to move on, thank God he is my helper. Amen. And I want to, you to understand the character of God this morning. He is Jehovah Jireh. He has given everything that I need for life and for godliness. We see in, in Paul's letter to 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6 that, uh, sorry, uh, yes, verse 6, he said, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will what? Will get a generous crop. And then in 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 3 and verse 5, he reminds us that our sufficiency is in God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to think anything all as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. Amen. And Paul's experience, he gives a testimony in 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 7, that thank God, thank God that our sufficiency is in him. Amen. Therefore, I will rejoice in my infirmities. Why? Because his grace is sufficient. And God does not want you, listen, he does not want you to hold back in trusting him in every area of your life. It was Jim Elliot, that missionary who was martyred, who said, he is no fool to give away what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. God's grace is a gift that most of us don't understand because we, we are inundated, as someone said, with, with an earthly system of, of give and get, of work and earn, that the concept of grace, we, we can't fully grasp. God as Jehovah Jireh will supply all that I need for life. Amen. Amen. Paul says, and my God shall supply all your need according to the riches of his glory by Christ Jesus. Isn't that marvelous? By the riches in glory in Christ Jesus. You see, I want you to note the source of God's supplies, the riches in, in glory, it comes out of grace. And Paul says, it's according, according. It's not, it's not from, but it's according. You see, if a millionaire came into PCC, and David saying amen, but if a millionaire came in and, and, and dropped 10 pine in the offering basket, well, that's nice. I may drop a hundred pounds. Well, that's nice. Well, that's out of, isn't it? But if he came into PCC this morning and give PCC a generous gift of 100,000 pounds, that's according. See the difference? 
And God supplies according, not from, but according to his riches. Hallelujah. I go shopping occasionally. I don't like shopping, by the way. I'd rather be on a golf course. But if I, if I go to Asda and I want 15 pounds worth of groceries, not that I'm going to get much for 15 pounds today, and if I go shopping with 10 pounds, what am I doing? I'm shopping out of insufficiency. I don't have enough. But if I go and I, sh- and I have 15 pounds with me, then I'm shopping what I am shopping out of sufficiency. I have enough. But suppose I go shopping and I take 20 pounds with me, what am I doing? I'm shopping out of abundance. And thank God we're shopping today from the table of God and we're shopping out of abundance according to the riches of his grace. And God desires that we have abundance in the lifestyle that we live, amen, before him, even in our pain, even in our suffering. You hear me? That we know his grace, that we know that he is the supplier of all that we need. And his material provision for us is accessed through faith expressed in sowing and reaping. We, we read something about Sowing, if I sow little, I'm going to reap a little. If I sow much, I'm going to reap much, amen. But listen to me, you cannot expect a harvest if your seed is still in the barn. And many of us, we keep our seed in the barn. We don't be generous in our kindness. We don't be generous in the grace. We're not generous in life. Life is for me, it's me, me, me. Not can apply even financially. But even the giving of kindness and the giving of, of hospitality. Let us be a generous people because as we sow, we shall reap. Amen. I love what Jesus said in Luke chapter 6 and verse 38. He said, give, listen, give, and you what? You will receive. And your gift will return to you full, pressed down, shaken together, making, listen, making no room for more, running over and poured into your lap. Hallelujah. And the amount that you give will determine the amount that you get back. And so if I am generous, I'm going to receive generosity. I had a number, and we engaged different personality types, but there are some who are always wanting, always wanting, always moaning, always complaining. And um, this person, they're always complaining, well, no one invites me, no one, no one invites me for dinner, no one invites me for tea, no one's connecting. I'd like to think that all nations in Reading are a little bit like Plymouth in that we are generous in connecting. But you know what I discovered? Well, I I just turned around and said, when was the last time you invited someone for tea? Huh? Because if I don't sow, I'm not going to reap. It applies to all of life. 
And Jesus said, if you give, it's, it's going to be, you're going to be receiving full measure, running over, pressed down. Amen. <laughs> reminds me of a story. This verse reminds me of a story when, when Amelia and I, when we occasionally, we, we would go to Pizza Hut. And she was rather embarrassed that uh, in going to Pizza Hut, not that we don't like Pizza Hut, not that we're sick, but embarrassed because of what I do. Yes, we order our pizza, but I love salads. <laughs> and I think they've caught on to it now because it doesn't happen. But years ago, you could choose, have all the salads you want and you could pile them up. You know what? I, I got the knife or the spoon and I pressed it down pressed it down. I put everything on it. And I made the bowl bigger. Don't do it now because to cut it. I got the cucumber and put the cucumber right around the top of the edge. Do you know what that gave me? That gave me another inch of salad. Uh, that salad bowl would be looking lovely. I would even build it right up. Build it right up. I'd look at the man beside me and I thought, my goodness, he doesn't know how to build a salad bowl. He would put three big tomatoes in his salad bowl and that would be almost it. I don't do that. I would just fill it right up and it's running over. And then I would get the tomato, put it in my pocket <laughs> and run off. He is Jehovah Jarrah. He sees tomorrow before it even happens. He has provided for tomorrow. So be generous in life in submitting your way to him. Be generous in your giving. Be generous in the, in the application of your life. Why? Because he's God. He is God. I can remember, I love telling stories and most of my stories are true. In fact, they're all true. I thank God. I thank God. I, I love coming to Plymouth. I, it was, Plymouth was my first church. Not that I was the senior leader, but I was the assistant along with Ron Williams going back in 1979, Ruth. That's 43, what is it, 43 years. I think, oh my, where, where, where did all the time go? But I can say this, church, God has never let me down. I have never wanted. Yes, life has been hard. Life has been difficult at times. There's been issues. And you could run away. But this I do know, that God is Jehovah Jireh. I look back in 43 years and think, hey, God, you've looked after me. I can remember when God called me into college, I thought, me, Lord, I couldn't speak properly at the time. I had a speech stutter. And there are certain words I will not try because I know I'll, I will probably mess up. And I, I didn't. I wasted my education. Why? I, I played golf instead. Literally. I played golf. And if we wanted our friend Jimmy who went to the Catholic school, we would phone up and pretend to be Jimmy's father that his mother was ill. Could he be sent home? We wanted someone else to play with. You know, we, 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 were, we were not good. We did not. And so when God said, uh, I'm, I'm calling you, I said, no, Lord, you, you can't. I, I, I don't have an education. I, I'm afraid of people. I, I had a stutter. And, and 
I'll be sitting with academics and people who've gone to a university. Me. You know what I discovered? Do not limit the Lord your God because he is Jehovah Jireh. Amen. And God saw to it. He got me through it. Amen. And I think of our year, most of them are not retired or some of them just didn't make it. I'm the only one standing. <laughs> Why? Because God will never let you die. Never let you die. I can remember going to college and uh, um, coming from Northern Ireland, you didn't get a grant for religious education. Mm. Big issue, I know, because of Northern Ireland, because of uh, they didn't want the Catholics being going down to Dublin being trained as priests, so we didn't get any kind of money. I thought, well, he is Jehovah Jireh, amen. Yeah. So I kept saving. I, I was a builder at the time, and I was earning good money, and God was looking after me. And I can remember, I can remember, uh, I believed, listen, I believe in tithing and I believe in offering. I believe everything belongs to him. Did you get that? Did you? Do you honor God? God taught me. No one taught me. God taught me the moment I became a Christian. My first wage packet, well, I, well, I must admit, my first wage packet, I bought a Bible, Thompson, Thompson Chain Reference. I didn't earn much money then, but that's what I bought. And I, I was at a missionary meeting. I had a heart for, for Russia at the time. And these missionaries. And God said, I want you to give a certain amount of money. I said, oh Lord, Lord, I, I pay my tithe. Are you trusting me? Well, do I? And I did. One week before I went to Bible college, you know what happened? I received seven times the amount I had given away. Now listen, I did not give to receive. Mm, big difference. We live in a, there's a gospel of prosperity out there. It says, well, and that's not where I'm coming from. Do you hear me? But I do believe that when I honor God, he will honor me. I did go to Bible college. I had people with me who came from university, all the degrees, poor wee me. And yet, you know, I could afford books, and any time I would go want a flight back to Belfast, there was enough money in the post the next day for me to go home. Why? Because he is Jehovah Jireh. I'm going to challenge you as a church. It's a name of God. But do we live in a poverty mentality? The fear that we're not going to have enough. And therefore, we hold back. We hold back in life, and we hold back in our giving. I can remember, and this, this is a true story, and I stand here to say that God will always, always provide. In our early days in Reading, we had some upset, some didn't like us. Some of our best friends became our worst enemies, and they wanted us out of church. It's true. It was a difficult time. Something small came into such a big mountain. They were good people. Their parents were pastors. They were long-standing members. I thought, what's going on? But we hadn't done anything wrong, really. Yes, things could have been communicated better. However, and uh, suddenly we had a storm. And 
we had probably about 20 people, 20 of our best givers, leave the church. In fact, I shouldn't be surprised because Sunday after Sunday, James Glatz and I would get up and we said from the pulpit, if you don't believe that we are men of integrity, why do you stay under our ministry? Go. We invited people to leave the church. So it was no surprise that the offerings, somehow, things had gone a little bit pear-shaped. So my treasurer came and he said, he said, Billy, we, we, we don't have enough money to pay for your salary and, and James' salary for next week. Oh, uh, but we have George Miller coming. Yes. Well, I'm making a proposal. I propose that the money, the offering next Sunday, we give to George. What? Did I really say that? Yes. You know what, something? This is a testament. I'm going to finish with this. I'm not going to say any more. So that Sunday came. George Miller, he's a great man of God, and many of you would know George. And we took up the offering. And then, as going back in our early days, the offering was 1,500 pounds. And we looked and thought, oh, we could have used that money. <laughs> you know what happened? Someone not knowing our predicament gave the same amount of money that we had given away. Do you know what happened that month? And that month, I, I know the month, it was November. Do you know what happened that month? Our offerings as a church went up 400%. To this day, listen, he is Jehovah Jireh. To this day, we have never, ever looked back. And today, I looked at the records for, for last year. And year after year after year, in terms of local giving and mission giving, we give over a thousand pounds per week. Do we look back? Do we regret? No, we sow. We sow. Because when you sow, you're going to reap. So as I finish this morning, is God challenging you? I pray that you will have grace to conquer your fear over poverty. That you will know and run into the name of your God. When, when life becomes messy and you can't figure it all, all out, run into the name of your God. Let's start. We're going to sense the presence of God. It's good to hear the word. Just as Nathan and the team just lead us in some music. Let's just stand. And maybe you need to submit your life somehow uh, to God this morning that he is Jehovah Jireh. Maybe you're worried about something. Maybe you're worried about the gospels. And a lot of people are. We, we, we don't deny all that. This we know. He's our God. He's our God. And maybe you're not a Christian this morning. And whilst I have spoken particularly to believers, maybe this is all new to you. And today you can submit your life to Christ for the first time. 
God is just a prayer away. And you just pray something like this, giving your life to Him. Maybe you're watching online, and it's new to you, but you've never given your life to God. Yes, you've done religious things. You've prayed, you've gone to church, and you've tried to be a good person, but you don't know God, and you certainly don't know the names of God. And just in the quietness of your home and here in this building, why don't you pray something like this? Father God, I come to you today, and I commit my life to you. I thank you in Jesus, I have eternal life. In Jesus, I can be forgiven. And this day, I give you my life that I might receive the gift of eternal life. Let me know your peace and joy. Let me know that I have passed from death unto life. In Jesus' name, amen. If, if you've prayed that prayer today, why don't you come up to the front after the meeting? And I'm sure the team will be here to give you some literature and some information because it's important that you learn to grow as a believer. And if you've prayed that prayer and you're watching online, why don't you email uh, Plymouth Christian Center and they will send you out some material to start walking in faith, baby steps of what it is to be a Christian what it is to know eternal life. Just as the Spirit of God is in this meeting today, and there's an area in your life, maybe it's the need to forgive. Maybe it's to, to get rid of hurt. Maybe it is in the area of financial giving. I don't know. Maybe it's a, a relationship issue. Maybe you're, you're facing a situation, on a, it's a mountain, and you, and you don't know how to get over it. Why don't you just lift your hand and surrender to him? As Nathan and the group just lead us, and then I will pray. We're going to sing a song. But just lift your hand and surrender to him. You're surrendering to Jehovah Jireh. Lord, you're taking, that, you're, you're taking that issue. Amen. I'm trusting you, Lord. I'm trusting you. Amen.